0: hey hey maniacs this is adam brewer this is the michigan maniac podcast i am your host of course please go to the michigan maniac podcast fan page on facebook that's where i put all news everything michigan maniac related okay uh we talk and just have a good time in general so let's uh a few things have happened in our uh this short time being away. Uh, one, we lost Daxton Hill to Alabama. Uh, not a shock, really. Um, when you go head to head with the big boy on the hill, sometimes you lose some battles. That's, uh, that's discouraging and also encouraging at the same time. Uh, that we, just at the fact that we have a chance at talent like Daxton Hill and we can convince him for a short period of time to be a Michigan maniac, a Michigan Wolverine. We got it. We're on our way, people. I know this is discouraging and I know it hurts our draft. I mean, our recruiting draft, our recruiting class or whatever, but it's also known that Alabama is the greatest car dealership in college football. Uh, Go to a lot of... I really wish I could have remembered where I saw this. Um, There is, I believe, either a Facebook page or an Instagram account dedicated to all the cars that Alabama football has given to its top-notch recruits over the years. Now, I'm not saying they're dirty. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's interesting. Um, Also, I think that... A uh, few things could have contributed to Daxton Hill leaving one, like every year, all our recruits need to get used to, There are going to be rumors about Jim Harbaugh leaving. That's just always going to be the thing. No matter, don't ever listen to fine bomb. Don't ever listen to anybody. Okay, because if you th- if you listen to Feinbaum, you think that Jim Harbaugh's a bum. No one's ever going to want him. But then, whenever NFL, when any NFL job comes open, with especially with a good quarterback, Harbaugh's going to be the guy they name. All right, that's just the way it goes, and that's just what we have to do as Michigan fans. We got to deal with that. Uh, Harbaugh, like clockwork, came out and said that he's not going anywhere, which I totally believe. Um also, the way we lost to Ohio State probably contributed some to some of that. Um, if you're a five-star recruit and you don't feel like building, you feel like winning, um, you go to Alabama, plain and simple. I don't think Daxton Hill had the right mindset to be a Michigan Wolverine. So, hey, good luck to him. Uh, I hope we face him, and I hope we beat the pants off Alabama when we do face him. Uh, just to kind of let him know where he made his mistake. But still I don't wish him any ill will. I just have a, a tremendous belief in our coach and the way our school's going and I just truly believe we're awesome. Now getting to that, I want to just speak out to some of these Michigan Wolverine fans that uh are still unhappy with Harbaugh. I know the feeling. I'm not going I'm not going to slam you on it. I get it. I totally live in that feeling the majority of the time. I really do. The way we lost Ohio State, you would have thought. Now, I'm Italian, okay? So it reeks to me as some type of mafioso type of tampering. I have never seen a number one defense in the nation shut down so many teams over a season and then act as if it had no clue what the game of football was about over one game. It's shocking to me. I've never seen it. In all my years, I have never seen this happen. Um, so, we'll move past that. Uh, we're going to be great on defense again. I mean, if there's any example of that, look at 2017. Don Brown knows how to plug in the right people into the right places to keep our defense good. I mean, 2017, we were 8-5. and five. Right, but we were still the third ranked defense in the nation after losing 10 players either to the NFL or to graduation 10 and we still have the third ranked defense in the nation if it wasn't for that's why I like to call our cornhole season because uh, John O'Corn totally screwed us uh, well, we we did him no favors by having one of the worst offensive lines I've ever seen. But all that's been fixed. O'Corn is gone. Our offensive line is now one of the strengths of our team. So everything is good. We should have seven to eight returning starters on our offense. That is a humongous positive. Because how many times have we ever said that we are looking forward to the offensive players returning? <laughs> right? I mean, we even if Shea Patterson goes, we still have a bright future in the quarterback position. I don't know when you could have said that before Harbaugh took over. You know who are glowing, our glowing, our brightest star was as a, a quarterback before Harbaugh? Devin Gardner. Yeah, that's right. Devin Gardner. And if you are like me, and remember who Devin Gardner is, he was a flop. Tremendous flop as a quarterback. Great athlete. Horrible quarterback. I mean, you have a wide receiver in Devin Funches, and you can't make him a Heisman candidate? There is something wrong with you. Now, granted, our offensive line probably did him no favors, but still... Devin Functious was an athletic specimen, and he wasted away at Michigan. And it's it makes me sad every time I think of it. Um, but even if Shea stays, we still have great quarterbacks. Now, listen, I don't know how I feel about Shea right now. I really don't. I have written down many pros and con lists, and I... I <sighs> I believe, or I want to believe, and I feel I'll get there, that Shea with a second year under Harbaugh will be amazing. I really do. I, I want to believe that. I think there's more evidence than not that that's the case. Um, but the one huge con I keep coming back to when I write this pro-con list is that I don't know if he shows up for big games. That is something either you're bred with or you just don't have. Like a comic with great timing. You either have great timing or you don't. That's not something you learn. Showing up in big games isn't something you learn, it's something that's in you. And I just don't know if he has that. Regular season quarterbacks, phenomenal. Between the 20s, phenomenal. But in big games, I don't know if he exists. Notre Dame, I give him a pass because he was still learning the offense. It was all new. And plus, our offensive line did him no service. Zero. But Michigan State didn't show. Towards the end, finally. But if we don't re- if we all forgot, Perry had to rip the ball out of a defensive back's hands in our own 20 because Shea threw a bad pass. You know, um, Shea was bouncing them as if he was playing four square with the ball against Ohio State. The our wide receivers were the brightest spot in that Ohio State game because they had to do amazing things just to be able to catch that ball. I just don't know if Shea plays big in big games. Maybe he got destroyed in that in that Alabama game when he was with Ole Miss, throwing him in as a true freshman, having to cover for Chad Kelly. Yeah, Chad Kelly. I just I don't know what happened to him. I don't know if he's big in big games. I hope. That I hope I'm wrong. I really hope I'm wrong. But there's one kid that I do believe is huge in big games because I believe it's bred into this kid, and that's Dylan McCaffrey. Now, if he gains weight over this next offseason to where he's not as fragile as he looks, his daddy was money in big games, I was a Denver Bronco fan, and I watched Ed McCaffrey come up huge in big games. His mama was one hell of an athlete, from what I've heard and from everything I've looked up. That's right, people. I have actually looked up Dylan McCaffrey's mama's stats. And, of course, like an a-hole, I don't have them in front of me. So, whatever. Anyways... He's bred to be a winner. He's bred to perform in big situations, but he's too skinny right now. So that's what we're kind of dealing with. And Joe Milton, that's the guy of our future. We don't—I don't know what's going on, but we'll see. Hopefully, if Shea stays, Shea will prove me wrong, and I will—I long for the day that I can say that I was wrong about Shea Patterson when it comes to big games. I hope he shows up and shows out. I really do because it'll just help us more. And I don't want to talk bad about the kid. I actually really like the kid. When I saw him talk and when I hear him talk about this team, he impresses me. I have just got to be real about what I see and my thoughts and what I believe. Now, I'm more than willing to move off those thoughts. I could be 100% wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I just don't think I am. Um, but Shay. Uh, I don't know if uh, he's not going to go to the NFL I think he's going to come back why would he go to the NFL there's if he goes to the NFL he's a fourth round pick or later there's no way an NFL team's picking him he doesn't have a tremendous i mean you know he's got a good arm he's great at rolling out and passing the ball but You know what I mean? He's, well, I guess small now. It doesn't matter in the NFL. Same with Karan Higdon. He's going to go to the NFL, I really believe. You don't have to be a big, huge back anymore in the NFL. You know what I mean? They don't need much from the NFL running backs anymore. But you know what he does well? He has super speed. He can block. He's a much better blocker than he was a few years ago. Even last year. He's much improved. He's smart and he finds the hole. He's a lot like that Philip Lindsay from Denver from the for the Denver Broncos. Matter of fact, my little brother used to smack up Philip Lindsay all the time when Denver when uh John F. Kennedy High School, which my brother was a part of. Used to play Denver South, which was Philip Lindsay, and my little brother used to piss him off so much. He used to yell at my brother, "But you can't do that! You're not supposed to hit like that." So Philip Lindsay could be a little bit of a complainer, but I'll tell you that kid's killing in the NFL right now. So. Why couldn't Higdon do it? I have faith that an NFL team's gonna—he's not going to go high. He may be a third, fourth round pick, but I'll tell you, whatever team gets Coran Higdon will be happy they—they—they they, they drafted that kid. Um, Bredesen, I hope he returns, but I can imagine him going to the NFL as well. But he's solid. I think our offensive line is going to be another bright spot next year. Devin Gardner leaving. I, I would be shocked if he doesn't, I would literally be shocked. The kid is 100% NFL ready. I mean, he's devastating. Um, and I, for, I just see him going the to top, top 15 picks in the NFL. I don't know where he may fall, but I told, I totally believe he's a top 15 pick. Um, So, but we still have Josh Ross. We still have Devin Gill. I mean, we still have great players going to make great things for our defense. And like I said, Don Brown knows how to plug in the right people so we don't miss a beat. Hawkins will be moved into the backfield once Kennel's gone. Um... St. Juice will be there. We've got a lot of kids that'll make a great defensive backfield. So goodbye, Daxon Hill. It would have been nice to have you, but good luck on your way. We don't need to concern ourselves anymore. Like Bo himself said, we want Michigan men playing Michigan ball. And that's what, that. if he doesn't want to be that, then good luck. See you later. Enjoy your time at Bama. Um, Now... This last the last episode, I said something about the capital city, and I was talking about Ann Arbor. I know the capital city is Detroit. Settle down. I get it. I'm not a moron. But when it comes to Michigan maniacs and where we focus our attention to, there's one city in that state of Michigan that we care about, and that's Ann Arbor. All right, I should have made that more known, but to me, that's our capital city. That's the the crown jewel of where I want to go and where I want to be a part of. So just so that's understood now. Now, let's deal with this Harbaugh thing. Obviously, Harbaugh's sticking around. Now, if you were going to tell me, let's change the situation up a bit, okay? Let's say Harbaugh won 2016, and we won in two thousand this this year. We won this year, right? And he's two and two against Ohio State. Then I'd be a little bit more worried about Harbaugh leaving to go to the NFL, especially to a Cleveland. Uh Green Bay. That was. There's no way Jim Harbaugh and Aaron Rodgers are going to get along. And Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to be coached. He just wants somebody to tell him how great he is and go along with every play he says that he thinks is great. So this way he can be successful. And I can't blame him. He's been pretty freaking amazing so far. So it's a proven. It's a proven formula. So don't be shocked if you get some. Uh, Some know-nothing coach that'll just agree with Aaron Rodgers. But Cleveland, you have that quarterback, Baker, with that kind of offensive firepower coming up and a good defense. That's perfect for Harbaugh. Uh, If he was 2-2 and against Ohio State, he's 0-4. He's not going anywhere. Especially when we're on the cusp of the downfall of Ohio State. And that is the beginning. The beginning coach of that is Ryan day. He's not Lincoln Riley folks. He is rich rod. He's falling. Gene Smith is as rotten as they come. He's the Dave Brandon of, of uh, Ohio state. Trust me on this. They are going to fall apart, fall apart. At least that's what I'm hoping. And that's what I think is going to happen. Fall apart. And Harbaugh does not want to miss that. And be listen let's, 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 let's be honest. Who's gonna take his spot? Name one name one coach, that old coach Michigan, that won't send us back down into the toilet. Les Miles is gone. Who? That's right. Nobody, nobody's better than Jim Harbaugh. Matter of fact, we are right in the same position that Michigan basketball was a few years ago when it was one of those things where we didn't know what we had. Are we a good team coming up? Are we just going to fall back? What's happening? We lost a fucking crushing, sorry about the F word, we lost a crushing crushing loss to Illinois at Illinois it was despicable and everybody was singing screaming matter of fact for Beeline to be fired and because there's nobody better than Beeline our, our, off, our uh, AD s- stayed true because Beeline's a great coach Hall of Fame coach and guess what guys in his 11th season we are now out of the last twenty five games, we are twenty-four and one. You know what that one loss was? To Villanova in the national title game. Tell me you wouldn't be doing cartwheels if Harbaugh was twenty four and one in the last twenty five and the one loss was in the national title game. We would know what to do with ourselves as a Michigan Wolverine football fans if that was the case. And Harbaugh will get us there if we are just patient. Patient is the key here. We need to allow him to do his magic, work what he needs to get worked, make the right appropriate changes. Because let's face it, man, he's made the right changes so far. Drevno was no good. He got rid of Drevno. Uh, When DJ Durkin moved to Maryland to start fucking up, to start screwing up that program. We, we've got Don Brown. Every decision so far Harbaugh's made to better this program has been right. We just have to give him the time to do it. It takes time. We just can't go buy people like Alabama does with new cars just because we're, we want to. Okay? That's, that's not going to happen. I mean, which... You know, I just, I just don't know why we are in such a hurry. Why? We're ten and two right now. Two losses are to the number four and the number six team in the nation. All right, that's who we're, we lost to. It's not like we lost to Purdue. It's not like we lost to even Northwestern. It's two teams that are in the top ten. Two of the best teams in the nation. One team has a freaking Heisman Trophy winner candidate. Our Heisman Trophy candidate. And I mean, come on. It's not like we were were with Brady Hoke when we were, what, five and seven? Ten and two losing to two of the best teams in the nation is a far cry from five and seven where where we're losing to like Toledo. We just have to understand where we came from and appreciate where we are and be happy to look forward to our future, all right? That's just what we have to do as Michigan Maniacs right now. Plain and simple, that's just how it goes, all right? And if you don't like it, tough. That's just where we're at. I don't know what else to tell you. I'm not going to scream that we should get rid of Harbaugh. I'm not going to scream at anything. But what I do, and I hope we do because this is the next step, is Harbaugh figures out how to get better in the red zone and how to integrate and, like, really focus on our wide receivers for the next season. We have three of the best wide receivers in the nation, and they went basically underutilized. I know they had a better season than last year because they should because they're phenomenal. Tarek Black, Nico Collins— And Donovan Peoples-Jones are three of the most quality wide receivers you'll see in the nation. And they are so vastly different from one another that it's going to be hard to to coach against, hard to game plan against. And we barely use them. That's the bright spot of next year with, with Charbonnet coming in and our running game, Chris Evans, and whatever quarterback we plug in. Complete and utter positive. We're on our way back to being amazing. I would even say we go undefeated, Big Ten title next year, chance for a playoff. I really do believe that. I just have to see where it all shakes out and who we lose so then I can adjust how I feel or what I think. But right now, with everything said and done, we're only losing Chase Winovich and Rashawn Gary. I'm sure there's more to come. Obviously, like the seniors, like Kennel and a few others are leaving. Uh Bushel Beatty's gone, that kind of stuff. But Stuber stepped in. He didn't even miss Bushel Beatty, did you, over the last two games? He played great. We've got talented people. We just have to see who leaves. So we know where to plug in the plug the hole. What do we need to do to get better? Um, now I have a little theory uh about this whole Ryan Day situation. Um Ohio State looked awful the majority of the season. They looked underutilized. They didn't know what they were doing. They looked like there was bad calls being called everywhere we looked. Um, Not a typical Urban Meyer run team. Um, That's because Ryan Day was coaching that team. That's my call. That's my guess. I would assume this was his uh, dress rehearsal as the head coach. And I think after that, Almost lost to Maryland. Uh, Urban lost his gourd. Started yelling at everybody. And then put together a fantastic game plan that we didn't see coming because we watched film all year long from a Ryan Day coached team. Then when Urban put his spin on it, we didn't know what to do. Now granted, we didn't do great in adjusting to that. But we still got ambushed in a way. And I bet you, I hope, in a few months we find out that that's the case. So it only makes me look great. Um, Now let's get to this Heisman Trophy, right? I don't know about you guys, but it was pretty apparent that uh, Kyler Murray was going to win. I mean, I know there was a lot of uh, love for Tua out there. But once you saw Tua play a good team, the best team that Alabama played all year... In Georgia, it was obvious uh, knee uh, knee injury or ankle injury, whatever it was with Tua. Plus, the 13th ranked offense and 13th ranked defense in Georgia equals garbage game. Plain and simple, you know. Um, I mean, L- I mean, okay, so you're gonna say, Ab? No, no. They played LSU. They were third or something like that in the nation when they played LSU. Well, let's do a little research, shall we? Okay. LSU at that time, 76th ranked offense going up against Alabama's defense. Alabama's defense. Alabama, I want you to know, had the 6th ranked defense in the nation going up against the 76th ranked offense. Is that a shocker that uh, LSU didn't score a point? Not to me. LSU also had the 29th ranked offense. Defense. That's why they held out so much. That's why Alabama only had 13 points at halftime, 29 total. Because LSU is a decent defensive team, garbage offense. All right, uh, Mississippi State, same thing. Mississippi State third ranked, third ranked defense, and the 66th ranked offense. Not a shock that they lost 24 to nothing. When all you do is run the ball because you can't pass it even if no one was on the field. I mean, like Michigan State. – I'm a Michigan State. Mississippi State's awful, awful wide receivers going up against um, Alabama's NFL-ready cornerbacks. That was going to get it done. The linebackers that filled holes, so Mississippi State's at least decent run. Couldn't get moving? Was that a shocker to people? You know what I mean? But when Tua finally had to play somebody and he was kind of hobbled, he didn't produce. Shocker. Kyler Murray, however, doesn't play a team all season long. The Big 12 is awful. 100% stinky. Defensively. Offensively fantastic. I mean, I would assume the NFL looked at the at the Big 12 and said, that's exactly where we want to go. With all the rule changes in the NFL to kind of handcuff the defense, the Big 12 is exactly what the NFL wants. They want more 55 to 42, 53 to 51 games, so it keeps people interested. But you know what it doesn't do? It doesn't keep the nation's attention very long. The Big 12 is garbage most of the teams in that in that conference are garbage. Uh just to give you an idea, they're going, "No, no, Adam, how dare you?" Oklahoma averages about 50 points a game. We're going to give it to them, darn, Clemson tied. No you're not. Here's why. You have the 91st ranked defense. 91st. Now let me do a little rewind. Mississippi State has the third-ranked defense. LSU had the 29th-ranked defense. They averaged over 20 points a game against those teams. You have the 91st-ranked defense. They're going to average. They're going to score 90 points on your punk ass. Even if you can hit your average of 50, which you won't, you're still going to lose by 40. I have more faith that Alabama's defense is going to stop Ohio, I mean Oklahoma, four or five drives in a row than I have that Oklahoma will even stop Alabama three times. It's not going to happen. That's going to be a blowout. That's going to be a gift handed to Alabama into the national title game. Now, Clemson I don't know where they fall, but I know one thing off the eye test. They weren't tested all season long. The only time they were tested was when when, uh, Syracuse played Clemson, and Clemson had a backup backup, had the third-string quarterback in because their first-string guy left the team wanted to transfer, and then their second-string guy got hurt. That's the only reason why Clemson almost lost. Outside of that, they haven't been tested all year. Notre Dame provides that one test. They have a fantastic defensive line. Mediocre cornerbacks, but their defensive line makes up for it. And Clemson more than likely is going to win a squeaker against Notre Dame. Don't be shocked, though, if Notre Dame comes out with a 20-17 win, 24-21. But I really do see a 31-20 win for Clemson in this. I just think that they're too good offensively, and I think that defense will make Ian Book screw up a little, one too many times for Notre Dame to really uh, come back from that. Then you can kiss Brian Kelly goodbye, because he'll go to the NFL for whatever coaching jobs available. He'll, uh, and then that makes way for our man Urban Meyer to go ahead and accept the job at Notre Dame, which then makes me look like a complete and utter football prophet. Because that's what I am. I pay attention to the trends, people that most people don't watch, don't pay attention to, because I'm the man. So that'll be that's what I think, and I think uh, Alabama, Clemson, once again, be a great game. Um, I don't know, man. That's a toss up for me. I'll just say Alabama wins it. You know, whatever. Um, I just, th- I just think that's how it is. I just, I don't see, uh, I don't see Saban screwing that up again. I just see him making all the right plays at the right time. And even if Tua goes out, you still have Jalen Hurts who can run and throw. Now, I just don't see how Clemson overcomes that. Um, I just really don't. Because when you get into the fourth quarter, Clemson hasn't been tried either. You know what I mean? They really haven't. So who, what team is going to respond better? I just have to go with Alabama because I just really do believe they're going to respond better. Now, moving on with this, uh, Ohio State fans are crazy, and I'll tell you why. I've been reading a lot of tweets lately, and ever since Urban left, because I want to see what Buckeye Nation really thinks and how they feel, and who's going to be their guy because they can't be happy with Day. They just can't. They know better. They know going from Meyer, one of the three best coaches in the history of college football, to Ryan Day isn't the bridge they want. Lincoln Riley, well, uh, swoops to Lincoln Riley wasn't that big of a loss because big game Bob didn't win that many big games. He just didn't. He just was coaching in the Big 12 at a time when the Big 12 stunk. So Lincoln Riley wasn't that big of a change for them. All right? Just wasn't. But going from Meyer today, huge change. Okay? And like I said earlier in this podcast, you see the difference. You really do. You see the difference. Um, so with that being said, I really uh, Ohio State people, the Buckeye Nation, believes that Tabo Sweeney is going to leave Clemson, Clemson, and become a Buckeye, become the Buckeye next coach, Buckeye coach. Then he's going to leave Ohio State when Saban retires, and then become the next Bama head coach. Now, in all that lunacy, they got one thing right. Dabo Sweeney will become Bama's next head coach, but no way in hell and high water will he ever be Ohio State's next coach. Ohio State, even in their way, he's going to come to Ohio State because that's a better program than Clemson. A better program. Are you nutballs? Have you seen the recruiting classes over the last couple of years? Just go back and look. Clemson's always in the top three or five in recruiting class, and Ohio State's been in the top ten. Big difference. Clemson's in the ACC, where there's not one good team now in the ACC. Florida State sucks, ding-dong. And then fucking frickin' uh, Louisville Petrino's gone, and then Lamar Jackson's gone, so they're awful again. I mean, name one good team. Syracuse is a great middle team, but they're not a team that's going to beat Clemson. Why would he go to that cakewalk every year, to the Big Ten, and have to face teams every year that are 8-4, and 9-3, and three, and then Michigan with Jim Harbaugh? Why would he do that? Why would he waste his time with Ohio State was stressing his life out? Because as you see, you guys, Ohio State sucked so bad. The pressure is so horrible at Ohio State that poor Irby Meyer had a cyst that made his boo-boo hurt. His brain cyst started bleeding every time he had a look at that god-awful team out on the field. And if it wasn't for him putting his coaching expertise in on the last game, they would have lost to Michigan too. His little brain hurts, so he's got to take a little break. And then Irby's going to realize he hates his family. He can't stand those dumb mother effers. And he's to—he's 54. He's not going to waste his time with his family when he could do something that Saban's never done and that'll put him as the greatest coach in college football history. And that's going to Notre Dame and trying to win a national title. And that'll be three... Teams that he's taken to at least one national title win. Saban couldn't do that. Saban couldn't do nothing in the NFL. Saban got lucky that he went to Alabama. That, yeah. I mean, no, one's, no one is trying to steal Saban. See, that's why it's so funny that Harbaugh is always being mentioned. No matter who you talk to, even Feinbaum, can't argue the fact that the NFL will never come calling for Saban because they know he sucks. He is awful when it comes to coaching grown men because he can't bully them around like he bullies college football players. Harbaugh has figured it out. Harbaugh knows how to coach football in the NFL and college football. All right? And all you guys who think he was going to leave before he came out and said it, you guys just don't know what you're talking about. Now listen, if... Harbaugh was 2-2 two and two against Ohio State. Let's say he won in 2016 and, two, and then this year. Maybe I would be worried that he was leaving because at least he left with beating the man, Irby, twice in, in a four-year period. Okay? Maybe. But he hasn't done it. He's 0-4, he's not 2-2, and And he's on the cusp of the Ryan Day debacle, the downfall of Ohio State. Why would Michigan, why would he leave Michigan now? It just doesn't make sense. 2-2 don't make five, okay? It just don't. 0-4 don't mean leaving the NFL because you want to go to Cleveland. Or argue with uh, Aaron Rodgers, for God's sakes. It just doesn't make sense. Okay? It just doesn't. We're on our way to getting to a very bright spot in Michigan football. Just like Beeline has our boys right now playing in basketball. They're phenomenal. And if you aren't a Michigan basketball fan, you need to become a Michigan basketball fan because they are fun to watch. Great defense. By the way, that defense wasn't created by Beeline. Beeline found a kid out of Illinois State, and I am blanking on his name right now. But tremendous defense. Beeline ate up his ego, hired somebody to have a much better defensive philosophy, brought him in, and now look at look at look at the benefits. Look at what we look at the dues we're being paid right now. Look how great we look. I mean, we're phenomenal. And I really do see us making, hopefully, a deep run into this tournament. I really do with basketball. Um, But moving on, because it's not basketball season yet, so I don't want to talk too much about them. Uh, That's all Patreon stuff. Uh, But moving on, Harbaugh is with us for as long as we want him. And as long as he wants to be there. And once he beats Ryan Day out of the position a head coaching job at Ohio State, then maybe we should worry. But outside of that, I don't think we need to worry. Um, let's see here. Oh, <laughs> there was something else I saw on the internet. Now, I don't know if this is true. But the big, the big 10, we are, might as well be the big 14. But anyways, we're thinking about... Absorbing or inviting over, however you want to say it, Oklahoma and Texas out of the Big 12. I'm not a fan of this. I don't like this idea. Um, I, I just... Texas and Oklahoma, not because of the competition. I welcome the competition because that means it will be just one more, two more teams that we can beat every year that will give us a much better resume than the SEC because, you know, the SEC is not going to bring on two teams with that kind of cachet. They're just not. They'll bring in the Iowa States, the, uh, uh, gee, who's even left in the Big 12? Oh, the, they wouldn't even bring in West Virginia. And that's kind of SEC territory. They ain't going to do it. They're not going to bring in West Virginia. They're not going to bring in anybody. They're going to bring in the, the the lows of the lows. I'm sorry, Dex, if you're listening, but you know it's true with SEC. They are very good at the top, stink at the bottom, solid in the middle. That they, I guess you could say that. You know what? I take that back. I guess you could take that say that about every conference. Uh I don't know. Pac-12 is pretty stinky all over, though. They got, like, two good teams, and that's it. Pac-12 is pretty awful. Um, yeah, they're, off. Oof, they're stinky. Uh, Big 10, though, very solid at the top, solid in the middle, and then just god-awful at the end. Um, but the SEC is so good at the top that it really just overshadows everything else. And I'll be honest. When they play cupcake teams, they win cupcake teams. They win those games. We don't, as as a conference, we don't always win those games. Northwestern lost to Akron. Purdue loses to East Michigan, Eastern Michigan. At least when Alabama plays the Citadel, they beat the Citadel. When LSU plays Middle Tennessee State, they beat Middle Tennessee State. So therefore, when it comes down to this process of elimination, the committee can say, yes, they played garbage teams, but they beat garbage teams. We had a team who won the West after losing to Akron. That was one of their losses. Northwestern literally had a loss to Akron and they were in the Big Ten game the title game seriously, how do you lose to Akron and show your face in a title game? I don't get it. It makes zero sense to me isn't that the zips anybody know what a zip is? No, but they beat the wildcats I mean if you were just going to judge games off the off just their their uh their mascots that should have been a lock for northwestern the zips. That's the laziest thing I've ever heard Call a, a team called. The Zips. Give me a break. Uh, anyways, that leads me. I don't want Oklahoma and Texas to come. Make the Big 12 better. How about that? How about you focus, start, start focusing on some defense? Instead of running to a better conference, how about you stay and make your conference as good? I mean, last time I checked, I don't know why Oklahoma would come over. They have made it the last two years in a row to the playoff. You think they'd make the playoff if they went to the big? They ain't making the playoff if they go to the big. They don't have a defense. They lose to Michigan State, Purdue. They lose to good teams, I mean, middle teams that have good defenses. There's no way Oklahoma's making it to the playoff if they go to the big. It's a bad decision on their part, and it'd be even dumber on our part to bring them over. Texas, really? No, no. The big state of Texas, they could have their own conference, as far as I'm concerned, with how many great colleges are in that state. But still, they ain't going to the playoff either if they're in the big stay in the stay in the Big Twelve, where you have a bunch of worthless teams that you can outscore every week. There's three teams in the big well in the Big Twelve. Uh, I'll, I'll say four because I like Iowa State, Iowa State, West West Virginia, Texas, and Oklahoma. Oklahoma State, I'd say yes, but they're falling by the wayside, too. There's not enough good teams in there. Stay and make your conference better. Or just blow it all up. I don't care, but don't come to the big. I mean, for God's sakes, don't come to the big. I just, I don't know. I just, I don't like the idea of taking on, I didn't like the idea when we took Nebraska. Nebraska? Come on, man. They're awful, too. I mean, I, I like the fact that we get a chance to whip Nebraska's butt every year because we had to share that stupid national title with them. But outside of that, I see no use in Nebraska, Maryland, or Rutgers being in the Big Ten. It makes zero sense to me that way. Even less sense to bring Oklahoma and frickin' Texas in there. So I hope that was just uh, social media baloney. I just really do because that's outrageous. Um, but you know, that's really about all I got to say. Oh, I think we're going to beat Florida. Uh, but before I leave, I I think we're going to beat Florida in a decent, like 31, 20, that kind of thing. I, I love the score 31, 20. Cause I think it's just a general dominating score. Cause it shows that, yeah, you, you had maybe a bad half, but you, you, you know, you had more great plays than you had bad. Um, but I like what Dan Mullins, I know he's a Buckeye, so He's probably mentally stunted, but and probably a penis shower. But I do like how he handles or I like his theory on when his players should leave for the NFL. He has a simple but easy method. Now if you score and every every player that thinks he's going to go to the NFL gets graded, I don't know on what what criteria but they all get graded and they get this score so therefore they know where to look in this mock draft that they would go and then they kind of make their own decision but if you get scored anywhere from fourth round to sixth don't go because whatever school you're at will more than likely either improve your score but definitely wouldn't lessen your score so if you go one year early or you stay fourth round is the least of your problems right If you're third round or higher, you should go in the NFL because one third third round money is pretty decent, second round money is really good, and first round money is life-changing, right? Now, the only thing I would change with that is that I would add percentages to this. If you're a third round player, you're probably about 20% going to get drafted. And I think if that's the case, you should just come back. And if you're that good, you will improve your score to at least a second or first round guy. If you're second round, depending on how and where you might fall, I depend, you may want to think about it, what position you play. Um, you know, like a Ben Bredesen would go probably high second round, so I wouldn't be shocked if he goes to the NFL. Um, uh, David Long will probably be late second round, early third, so I don't know if I'd go to the NFL, I'd give it probably one more year at Michigan. Uh, same with Hill, uh, Brandon Watson. I'll see you later. Uh, it was nice knowing you, but you know it's just one of those things. I love Brandon Watson, but he's exposed now. Everybody knows he can't cover the third the third guy. You know what I mean? I'll get into that a little bit later if I have time here. But uh, and then if you're first round graded, you got to go plain and simple you don't owe anybody an explanation you go to the NFL because that's life-changing money for you and your family. Now I want to get back to this Brandon thing. Brandon Watson reminded me of a movie remember the Titans. Uh, there was a point where Ryan dreamy Gosling couldn't in the in the state championship game couldn't cover a guy and he goes to the coach and says, hey coach, I can't do it man this guy's fast. Uh, I didn't come this we didn't come this far to lose it on my account. You need to change me out. And, then he, and the coach said, nope, not doing it. If you, want to lose, if you want to lose your spot, you got to give it to Turk from, from Scrubs. Now, if Turk from Scrubs wants to take your spot, then we'll go ahead and put him in. That's what we should have done. Brandon Watson should have gone to Amory Thomas and said, listen, I'm not good enough. Don Brown, please let me give my spot to Amory Thomas. And maybe we would have changed things around. I don't know what happened. I don't know if the mafia had some sticky fingers in that, but nothing like that happened. But we have a very bright spot happening in our, in our, I don't want to end this on a bad note, but very bright future for the Michigan Wolverines football team. Very bright future. We're doing this, folks. We're going we're, we're gonna to stop losing some uh, people to, to Alabama. We're going to change this all up. We're going to win the bowl game, and I think we might win the Big Ten next year. So, like I always say, it is great to be a Michigan Wolverine. And always and forever, guys. Go Blue.